Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I just want to take a few minutes uh, to primarily just read the word and maybe make a few comments. And the word will do the work itself uh, in terms of what I believe God wants to say to us this morning. Now, I know a lot of us are here from across the congregations. There are others, obviously, that are not here uh, today. And uh, some people are online uh, connecting in from different congregations and from from elsewhere uh, also. Now, we've seen already this morning that God works generationally. Uh, In my own family, my mum's here, uh, her and my dad... Pastor Colin were the the founders of Kingdom Faith. Kingdom Faith really was born out of a move of God in an Anglican church in Luton, which is north of London, in the 70s. And God called my parents out of that situation and to go to the nations. And Kingdom Faith had a call to the nations, or has a call to the nations. But at the heart of that, was this dynamic of faith, revival and breakthrough. Even then in an Anglican church in terms of what God was doing 50 years ago now uh, or more. My parents lived their lives setting a course to know God, to follow God, to honour God, to stick to the word no matter what came their way, whatever was going on in the church in general or in the world, that we are going to wholeheartedly root our lives in the Word of God and also be full of the Spirit of God because we want to be Word people and we want to be Holy Spirit people because that's how God works, is it not? And and they have have ploughed the ground Uh, pushed the plough, broken the ground up for years and years and years. And for many of us, I know lots of us might have joined Kingdom Faith a bit more recently. You have your own history. But there's a lot of us here where our our lives has primarily been shaped by their lives and who they are over many years, many decades. And I know there are many, many others out there in Christendom where their lives have been shaped by their, their lives. When God called Kingdom Faith into being, he called a people into being, not just a person or a couple into into something. And there's an anointing on Kingdom Faith, an apostolic anointing, apostolic grace, uh, a spirit of faith and revival, the spirit of breakthrough, not just for a local church in a local setting, but for a region and for a nation and beyond. And God wants to remind us as we are, a lot of us are together. I know often we can be together online through streaming, but a lot of us are in the same room today together. And I believe God wants to remind us. And I'm just going to read some different scriptures because God has given us a charge as kingdom faith. And if you're a part of kingdom faith, then you come into this charge. Anybody that joins kingdom faith becomes part of this. And we'll come to that specifically in a few Minutes, But I want to just read a number of different scriptures because through the Bible, God gives 
a charge from one generation to the next generation, from one person to another. Sometimes it's God directly to someone to initiate something and then generationally that person then gives a charge to the next generation. And the word charge means to be given a mandate, to give an, an, an instruction from an authority that is greater than yours. It's to impute something, to impart something, to give commands to, to give a duty to, a responsibility to. That means the person who is given a charge then has a responsibility to carry what it is they have been charged to carry. Okay. Now, connected with that is when you're given a charge, that means one day you're going to stand before God for what you did with that charge. That's the awesome bit, the orbit of whatever, not the orbit, O-R-B-I-T, but the awe <laughs> bit or part of being given a charge. Now, as believers, we are all given a charge and that charge is in Matthew 28. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Uh, so we're all given a charge and we're all going to stand before God one day and he's going to say to us, what did you do with that charge that I gave you? Did you invest in others? Did you make disciples? Did you lead people to the Lord? And did you make disciples of those people? Who have you brought with you? We're going to be asked. That's one of the questions we're going to be asked. Because to God, one of the most important facets of his character is faithfulness. Yeah. A lot of contemporary church can be flashy, showy and all of that kind of stuff. And God's not interested in any of that. What he's interested in is faithfulness. And what goes with faithfulness to produce that faithfulness is another word that is not cool and trendy. It's called obedience. And so to live a faithful life means you live an obedient life. What does that mean? It means I want to live a life that is under the lordship of who Jesus is. Because we have a gospel that is Jesus is the saviour, but we also have a gospel that is Jesus is Lord. Now, let's just get into reading a few things out of Genesis chapter 1 here. There's a bunch of things I'm just going to read, otherwise I'm going to talk too much. Okay, so Genesis 1, 27, 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And then a number of things rule over the fish of the sea and a whole number of things about creation. But what he says is God bless them, be fruitful, increase, fill the earth and subdue it. Important here, he says he created them in his image. So what is it that God wanted to spread across the earth? So God set Adam and Eve in Eden, but his intention wasn't for them just to stay in Eden because he said, you're created in my image to take who I am to it and populate the rest of the earth with who I am. Are you there? So there, we won't go into what happened as a result of their sin at this moment because we haven't got time. But God didn't start with the gospel of salvation. We need to understand that. 
Most of us think the Bible is purely a redemption story for the salvation of mankind. The Bible has a bigger narrative than just the salvation of mankind. God has a kingdom. Before there was anything formed and created on earth or anybody around, he was Lord and King of his kingdom. So he ruled in a kingdom that he still rules and reigns in. There was someone in that kingdom that rebelled against him, was like lightning thrown out of it and thrown down to this formless earth. But God wanted to create people like you and I, who on this earth were created in his image to take the life of his kingdom and spread it across the whole earth. Are you there? That's the story of God. So the story is God's story and how we fit into that story. We have turned, a lot of Christendom has turned the Bible into our story, which is our salvation. It's God's story of redeem of redemption. And so what he did, he created us and he says, I want you to spread my kingdom. The first thing he said to Adam and Eve, there was no sin. There was no salvation needed because there was no sin. What he was saying is extend my kingdom all through the earth and populate it full of the image of God, image bearers, you and I, people. And we know sin came in and then instead of the image of God being spread, sin was spread all over the earth. So yes, there's a redemption plan of salvation for mankind, but why does God do that? So that when we are saved, we come into his kingdom and then we become part of his kingdom to extend his kingdom to everybody around us. So the mandate for our lives is to be a kingdom people. Hence the name kingdom faith. Without faith, we are not going to see that outworked in any way, shape or, or form. Then what do we see? Jumping on from here, because I've got three minutes to get the rest of this in. (laughs) Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. God calls a guy called Abraham and he says, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God calls this guy, Abraham, or Abraham at the time, what, what in essence was God calling? He was calling a man with a mandate and God said, I'm going to bring a people through you. I'm going to show myself to that people and so that the rest of the nations see who I am in a people and then the nations will want to say, we want to know the God that you have. That was God's intent and purpose. Again, kingdom, I want to reveal who I am to the nations so that the nations come to me through a people like this, the, the Jewish people, if they walk with God and say, we want, to, we want the lordship and the rule and reign of God in our lives. So God mandated Abraham with something and it was go from here and go to there and I'm going to bring a people through you so you need to follow me and walk with me in those ways. Those promises were then passed down to his first son, Isaac, And then from Isaac, it went to Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, became the 12 tribes of Israel. 
which ultimately became the, the Jewish people. Okay, And so those promises went from one generation to the next. Alongside all of that, when you come to Moses, a whole bunch of laws were given in the way that God wanted them to live, not slavishly to laws. There's difference between a law and a rule. Rules are If you don't do this, then it, the rules... Oh, we can't get into this now, can we? I haven't got time. God's laws were given to enable them to live in the way that God wanted them to. Let's just leave it there. Moses, burning bush, okay? He sees this burning bush, goes over to see what it's all about because it's not burning up. As he goes over, he hears God's voice speaking to him, Moses, Moses, take your shoes off, it's holy ground. As he goes over, he begins to have an encounter with God in that moment. And then God gives him a mandate at the end of uh, Ezekiel 3, verse, verse 10. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That was his mandate, okay? Bring these people out of Egypt. Moses raises up a successor, Joshua. Moses gives a mandate, a charge to Joshua. So Moses, it's very interesting what the word says. God did not say in the word here, you're going to bring them out of Egypt and into the promised land. Very interesting because God knew what was going to happen. That Moses wasn't going to go in for whatever reason. So he says, you bring them out. But then when God speaks to Joshua, Joshua's mandate was to bring them into the land generational things that go on here. We need to understand now that God works generationally. So Pastor Colin's life, my parents' life, the way they lived, well, he lived and she still lives. Um, they lived and live on, if I'm putting it that way. There were certain things they pioneered and broke through for, along with others in their generation, that all of us are living in the good of now. Loads of things. Their generation broke through some stuff in the things of God. There's too many to list now in terms of overall what that generation have done for us. And we're living in the good of that. So they've been like a Moses generation that have led loads of people out of absolute rubbish and religion and all of that over the last 40, 50 years and brought the church, the body of Christ, right onto the edge of a whole new era in God and a move of the Spirit that none of us have seen in our lifetimes. We need to understand this is what God is doing and this is where he is at in history at this moment. Are you there? So there's a whole new generation, era, generation of Joshua's going in to possess and to see happen what God has already mandated to happen in our times, in our lifetime. Are you there? Beginning to preach, sorry. Um, what does he say to Joshua then? Be strong and courageous. This generation, you and I, and the ones coming up after us, we're going to need to be strong and courageous in the face of the way everything's going out there. We're going to need to be strong and courageous in the face of that to be vanguards of the truth of who God is, first of all, and what his word says about who he is, his lordship in our lives. Be careful. This is a mandate for us. All of this is for us. Be careful to obey all the law my service Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you will be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Then you're going to see me move and do all that I'm going to do. David and Solomon. 
David had his own mandate, but then David gives Solomon a mandate and he says this to him. He says, I give a charge to Solomon. Uh, when the time drew near David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon. This is King 1 Kings 2 verse 1 to 4. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, so be strong, act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. We, we need to understand that in our modern Christianity. All right. There are things that God requires of those who follow him. Man, people go, I don't like that because we like the lovey-dovey Jesus. You know, bit that we've turned him into. Uh, Instead of that, there are some requirements. God is still Lord. He is mighty. He is all filled in that way. And we need to come with reverence and awe before who God is. What does it say? It says here, there are, observe what the Lord your God requires. What does he require then? This is what it says next. To walk in obedience to him, to keep his decrees and commands, his laws and his regulations as written in the law of Moses. Jesus said, I've not come to abolish it. I've come to fulfill it. I've come to be the living embodiment of the law. You can't live that without me in you. So I'm going to come in you by the power of my spirit and I'm going to write the law on your hearts in your life and empower you to live the laws, the ways of God, the word of God in your life. Because God requires of anyone, anyone that says they're going to follow him and surrender their life to him. It's not just salvation, it is Lordship. And so God wants Lordship in His church once again. Some of this, I'm not telling you in the room, I'm just declaring out over our town, region and nation. Because there are spiritual realities going on and we are part of the spiritual answer and breakthrough for the Kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We're not here to get upset with everything out there. We're here to bring the kingdom of God because people need Jesus in their lives. Anybody agree with us this morning? This is who we are as kingdom faith. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do, wherever you go, that the Lord may keep His promise to me. If you, now this is really important. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So God is looking for a church that are living fully heart and soul after Him. Yes. What does that mean? It means all or nothing. You say, hang on, God's a gracious God. Yes, He is. But God's grace enables us to live what God is saying in here. How do we live this? We say, Father, I can't do it in my own strength. It is impossible. And He goes, yeah, right, great. I'm glad you've understood that. And then what we say is, Father, I need you in my life to enable me to live what you require, what you've commanded, what you've mandated me, us, whoever, to live as a believer. And that's where we we yield day by day, moment by moment. There are enticements, seductions. There's the enemy who wants to take you out, me out, all of us out to make us completely impotent spiritually so that we can't give birth to anything spiritually. 
It's turned into a preach. But then it says here, a few more minutes. So that you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. And you might say, what's that got to do with us? God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's working out his purposes. His spiritual principles work whether it's thousands of years ago or today. Therefore, you and I, we have a responsibility to not only invest in our own lives and walk with one another and help each other to live healthily in a relationship with God and one another, but to invest in our kids, our young people, our children and build into their lives. Because what God says here, if, if your descendants watch how they live and they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor. What does that mean for us today? It means if generationally we live in the way that God wants us to, there's three or four generations in our church my mum, me, my kids, granddaughter. There's four generations. Some of you have got four generations in your family. So we're all living alive now as multi-generations all at the same time. But God has called us to live in a certain way so that the church doesn't disintegrate, fragment and fall apart because we give ourselves to the things of the world. But actually the church grows and becomes more of who God has called us to be in the image of God on earth as it is in heaven. Are you there? So your life, my life, our choices, our decisions, what we do every day matters. It affects your life, your family, your household. It affects who we are as a body. So your behaviour today and how you live today affects who we are as a body. You might think, oh, how on earth does that work? There's spiritual realities that go on. Imagine if we all live with a, oh, that doesn't matter anyway, nobody's going to see it. Or, well, that's all right, you know, I'll come, you know. Not that we actively want to go and sin in that sense, but if we all live like that, what would the life and power of the church be like? It'd be lukewarm. Whereas if we all said, no, I want to set my life and my face, my family after God, and we want to pursue him wholeheartedly. I want to keep short accounts with God. I want to watch what I say, watch what I think. If I'm out of sorts with anybody, go and reconcile. That offence is the worst thing in the body of Christ that caused fragmentation and division. If you're out of sorts with anyone about anything, go and get it sorted out. There are things that happened in the Old Testament where God could not move the people of Israel before because one person in the whole camp sinned. And we go, well, that's all right. God's grace covers that now. Our lives are so important to God's purposes. Anyway, let's jump into the New Testament. Jesus said this, a new command to give you, love one another. This is a mandate. This is a new command, a mandate. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. That is, any revival anywhere in the world that is genuine, at the heart of it is a love that you just cannot manufacture. So we, we need that amongst us in an increasing measure, increasing measure. What's the Great Commission? You all know this, Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey 
Everything I've commanded you is to show them how. So we, we, we are living something to show someone else what it looks like for Jesus to be Saviour and Lord. These are all mandates for you and I. Everything we've read from, from Genesis to here, they're all mandates for us as to how we're to live Amen. our lives. Then Mark 16, another part, go into all the world, preach the gospel, do this, that and the other. Then you see Paul investing in Timothy. Timothy is the spiritual son of Paul. There's, I, they haven't got time to read all this stuff. He gives him like three different charges in the book of Timothy. But one of the things he constantly says to him is, I charge you to keep this command, which is basically to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. He, that's his mandate. That he says, flee from everything that is unrighteous, he says in this first verse. And then he says, pursue this, pursue this, pursue this. Then he says in the next uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, continuing what you've learned and become convinced of because you know those whom, from whom you've learned it. How from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise through salvation in Christ Jesus, through faith in Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What's God saying? Continuing what you know and have become convinced of. So, so important. Then he says, look, then he says in the next few verses, hey guys, uh, he says to him, preach the word, be prepared in season, out of season. This is the charge he's given him. And he says, you're living in days, then, and increasing days where people will gather teachers around them to tell their itching ears what they want them to hear. We're living in those days now. Yes. We already know that. It doesn't take any discernment to see that. We can see that just by how the church on the whole is behaving, let alone the world itself. So he gives him this mandate. Righteousness, holiness, godliness, faith, love. That's how I've called you to live. From one generation of his spiritual sons to the next in that sense. And then for us, just coming into land. When Pastor Colin passed away, the last words he said, and most of you are going to know this, but some of you that are new to the church that might not have heard this before, the last words that he said before, a couple of hours before he passed away, was take the stick and raise the banner. He said that to my mum and myself and my two sisters. Not just to us, but it was like a charge for who we are. In my dad's mind, it's like he's lived and breathed kingdom faith for I don't know how many years. And that charge wasn't to just us. It was like to all who are part of kingdom faith, take the stick and raise the banner. What does that mean? It means, what was he saying? There's a front line in Christianity. Yes. And people choose whether they want to live on that front line in what God is doing in this battlefield, if you like. And, and what he was saying is, I've lived there as a standard bearer for many, many years, holding up Jesus, who he is and his kingdom purposes. And, and when a standard bearer on, on a battlefield goes, which is what the enemy focuses on, because if he can take the standard bearer out and there's no standard that can be seen, the army on the attack don't know where the point of breakthrough and attack is because the stand, they can't see the standard. And what he was saying is, make sure you take the stick and make sure the banner stays raised so that everybody moves forward and knows where the breakthrough, the front line is, where the point of attack is and all of that. 
But it's not just to me or to my mum or to my sisters. It's to who we are as a people. God has called us to be a people together who hold the stick, take the stick and raise the banner together in terms of who Jesus is, what His kingdom's all about and that we live our lives accordingly because there's not enough time to live a different life in any other way because of the days that we are in. Are you there this morning? And I'm going on a bit longer. I'll just take that prerogative at this moment. God has called every one of us onto that front line battle. So kingdom faith was birthed in a move of God, has had seasons of genuine revival over the decades. And God said that those seasons of revival would be a foretaste of what would be taking place for a generation of time, not just in short seasons. I'm sure you'll be aware as I do, if you've got your spiritual antennae up in any way, shape or form, you'll already be sensing there's something fresh that is happening in our nation spiritually. There is a fresh release already that is taking place in our nation. A lot of guys that I know around the country that are not kingdom faith people, others, guys that I know, so many people are like, God, there's a fresh release. Something's happening. Our Sundays are different. When we pray, it's different. Something's going on. It's like God is releasing his spirit in a fresh way. God is cleaning up his church. That's what he's doing at the moment. He's sorting his church out. Part of the church, doesn't matter what denominations, part of the church, Within denominations, people are going one way, but there are many people within denominations that don't want to go that. They want to, they want to go God's way. Amen. So when we pray for the church, we need to pray for the people. Not just pray for the Anglican church, for example. They're a mess or anything. We can't judge and condemn anybody else. There are some amazing people in the Anglican church, amazing people in the Baptist church, amazing people in the Methodist. There are some amazing believers, spirit-filled people that have a heart after God and are pursuing God in this generation of time. But God is doing a clean-up in His church. And I believe, I haven't got time, I'll bring it another Sunday. God gave me five different scriptures um, that all sequence one after the other about what he, what, how he sees the church, what he, thinks, what he sees is going on, what he thinks about stuff, but ultimately what he wants to do, which is pour his spirit out in an unprecedented way. Amen. Is God angry with some stuff? Yes, but he doesn't stay in that place of anger. What he's doing is he's pouring out his mercy and giving a time to repent and get right with him. And, and in relation to that, he says, anybody who, who, whether it's an individual, a church, Whoever it is who comes before me, humbles themselves before me, I will pour out my spirit in an unprecedented way. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be, I want to be right there. Are you there? Can we all stand up? Because time has definitely gone this morning. I just want to read verse 1 of Psalm 45. Does this resonate with anyone? My heart is stirred by a noble theme. Anybody stirred this morning? Anybody more than five people stirred this morning? My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the King. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. How can his tongue be a pen? Because his heart is engaged with God and after God. 
And then what does this say? Verses 16. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. That's the generational thing going on. Are you there? I I know it hasn't been a nice pastoral message today. Okay. Uh, It's a bit more more of an encouragement, but a bit of a prod. Come on, this is who we are. It's a little bit of a shakedown message. Is that okay? Please don't walk out going, oh, you know, it was this, that and the other this morning. I, I just want to shake you down a little bit in God and remind us this is who we are tonight in this room tonight we have 15 at least different churches meeting together in here to worship and to pray together across Orsham in the area there's 15 leaders meeting regularly at the moment to seek God together to hear God together everybody's saying we can't do anything unless the Holy Spirit says to do it that's awesome that's amazing and, and we're just going to flow tonight in worship. It's going to be more like an encounter night. By the grace of God, the Holy Spirit knows how to lead it with so many different mixes of people that will be here. But God, in his wisdom, will do it, okay? And, but part of, God has called us to be a catalyst for revival and God's purposes. And there's a response in our hearts that we are giving to him, our lives to him. But also it's a daily thing that we also give to him. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. In the same way that there's fresh anointing for the guys that we prayed for earlier. Anointing on the, the girls that we prayed for when we dedicated them for JD in his new role. There's fresh anointing for every person in this season. We know God clearly spoke to us out of Isaiah um, 61 and Isaiah 58, out of those two chapters, during the prayer and fasting. But Father, I just thank you for that fresh release of your spirit on every person in this place, in our body, in Kingdom Faith Church, in this region. I just want to say to you, if if you're out of sorts with anybody in any way, shape or form, please, please go and get it sorted. They are not easy conversations to have. But if you go with a heart of humility, then you can see things change. But we need to make sure we're not out of sorts with anybody, especially in the life of our own body, but elsewhere as well. Okay, I had to do that to do with Horsham Church together. A couple of years ago in the January during prayer and fasting, I didn't know I was going to end up being the moderator for churches together in Horsham and, and at, the, at the moment. And God spoke to me and said, I want you to sort your attitude out to that leader, to that church, to this situation. It was like, all right, all of that. And, and then God said to me at the end of all of that, over the, at the end of prayer and fasting, you're going to be asked to be the moderator over the next few months. All oh, right. And, and he said, when they ask you, just say yes. And, and sometimes we don't fully understand why God says certain things to us and why it's important to have our hearts right with him because there are things he wants to lead us into and open up that we might not fully understand in that moment. So let's just quickly, because time's gone, just say, Father, I just surrender afresh to you, to your Lordship. All that you want to do in me, all you want to do through me and through us as a body. Father, I thank you for fresh grace, fresh anointing on who we are. I thank you that you lead us forward in all that you're going to do in these coming days. We thank you there is a fresh release of your spirit in this nation that is taking place. You're cleaning up your church, you're sorting things out, you're getting us ready for harvest. 
but you are reviving your church during this, these days so that we are ready for the harvest of souls around the nation. We thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 